You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. All right, welcome to Kieran's Irish Pub. In fact, we saw Kieran walking around earlier. Yeah, we did. Very exciting. I said hi. He's doing great. Did he say hi back, or did you just... Oh, no, I stopped him. Okay. Talked to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he awesome said guy. he was going to, to the game, and he was going to get a drink at uh, the Two Gingers Pub that he runs there, and, yeah. and then leave quickly. <laughs> Story of Kieran's life. In and out. Uh, breaking news to start the show. We have oh, breaking we news. Have breaking news? Yep, the Twins are... Twins are... Uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted if you're listening live here. The Twins are playing baseball across the streets. But the breaking news is... Scalpers are apparently still charging $150. $150 for tickets in the third inning? Yeah, like now, like this, right this moment, if you were trying to get into Target Field and that found a scalper. Be, that may just be the dumbest scalper in the face of, in the face of history. You, you guys know, don't get it. Barrios is pitching a gem. The price of tickets are increasing the, the more he pitches. I guess. So the further, well, it's, it's not a no-hitter anymore, though, right? No, but it's still no, a but it's still, like, five years from now, we'll be like, remember that Barrios opening day game? Oh, yeah. It'll be the Barrios, it'll be... That'll be the got, the tag of it. It'll be the Barrios opening day game. You got Colfax, uh-huh. Gibson, right. Drysdale, <laughs> Barrios. Yeah. Right. There's your Mount Rushmore. And the uh, the reason I... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close. Pretty close. The reason I know that scalpers are apparently still charging $150 for a ticket as the game is into the third, into the fourth inning is an awkward 45-second bathroom conversation that took place right before we came up on stage <laughs> That's here at Kieran's. too much conversation in the bathroom. I think he was a little bit inebriated, but he asked me if I was going to the game, and we were the only two people you, in the bathroom. Uh, you're at the you're at the stall, right? You're at oh, the yeah. urinal. Yes. Okay. Don't talk to me. And there's no side rails or anything, too, which makes at it even all. more uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, but he was drunk, so it's it's an uncomfortable deal because if you're drunk and he's drunk, you can talk then. No. But if you're not, yeah. See, I'm mm-hmm. fine with if I've been drinking and and person A is drinking and we're both doing our business. <laughs> you, there, you get chatty at the urinal. I get chatty. <laughs> you're, you're wrong. You're completely wrong. But if I'm sober, do you like and, ask a friend to come to the bathroom with you? No, but I, but I'd be I'd be like, how's your day going? What's going on? And if you're both drinking, it's all it's fine. No. I didn't know you were a chatty uh, chatty bathroom guy, Judd. Well, I mean, a few drinks can change a lot of things. <laughs> I got a bit of a shy bladder myself, which the oh. more I talk about it, the more I realize is it's more common than I thought it was before I started talking about it. There's a problem that I share with a lot of people. Now, once I'm midstream, it's not stopping. But if you start talking to me beforehand, yep. you're just shutting everything down, dude. You're just shutting everything down. Buds, and earbuds. Now, now I'm standing there at the stall for an uncomfortably long time, <laughs> especially if it's a busy bathroom like it was earlier today here at Kieran's, and there are people waiting for that stall. So now I'm in my own head. I'm like, oh, God, I've been here forever. This guy's waiting. This guy won't stop talking to me. 
And it's just it's just a situation. I got that advice for you. Does not have a good ending. Use the John. It's what I do. Yeah, I go in the stall. Just go in the stall. Always go in the stall. I just if wait. A stall open. Un- unless it looks hopeless, I just wait. But what Phil went through or witnessed in the bathroom today is nowhere near as bad as what I witnessed in the bathroom today. And by the way, this has nothing to do with Kieran's. Great facilities. <laughs> bathrooms are clean. Top-notch facilities here. But I walked into the bathroom earlier during uh, Touch Em All during one of our breaks. And as I'm walking in the door, a guy is standing at the urinal, doing his thing, looking at his phone. Phone slips out of his hand into the urinal. Oh, no. Kaploosh. Which was in use <laughs> at the time. Oh, oh yes. Oh, no. He picks it up without hesitation and goes, son of a bleep, and just <laughs> puts it back on top of the urinal until he was done. Picked it up. Went and washed his hands, put the phone in his pocket, and continued about a, a, a pot his day. Okay, where does this fall on the Rami uh, bathroom phone <laughs> rules scale? That phone is a lost cause at that point. That You're phone, just leaving it there? Yeah, it stays in that urinal. It's done. But you wouldn't be doing it. Whatever pictures. No, I wouldn't but be you doing would never it. Do but that. If, I would. I would do that. I've done that before, but it doesn't slip on me. You've, you've done, you've done, you've done what before? Into a urinal or I, a toilet? I've been, I've been at... The urinal, doing my business, and I, I'm looking at my phone in my like right hand. But it's never slipped. It's never fallen. But it into could. It. But it could. Okay, let's say it did. Oh, I'd go. I'd do the same thing. Right? That phone just stays there. Oh no no no. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. I, oh my god. I, too much money. I, I, I don't care. I go get a new phone. I, I don't still care. Buy a new phone, but I ain't. Leaving it. I don't care. So wait a second. So let me get this straight, because yeah. I'm on I'm on Team Judd here. My whole life is on that phone, right? And I'm leaving that behind. The so, phone no. numbers, the pictures, no. the videos, anything nope. that's not backed no. up is just gone. I'm grabbing it, and that's it. that's something I have. I just have to deal with. Wait. I'm grabbing it, grabbing but it, but I'm not what? using it ever again. Well, why? I need the information off that phone. My life is on that phone. No, I am picking that phone up. Starting I'm going to get the over. information off of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go buy a new phone. I'm just starting life over. How much do new iPhones cost right now? A thousand dollars? Yeah, like a thousand bucks. So you guys are you, Jonathan and Rami are saying, if that happens in the moment, you're chalking it up to a one thousand dollar mistake. Somebody, but it's a one thousand dollar mistake. Just well, last all, week I'm not on the phone. the phone out of the urinal. Exactly, but it's just staying like, in my pocket. Just last week on the show, somebody was lecturing me about sunken costs. That's just a sunken cost, man. That phone is done. <laughs> It's not coming back. Yeah, and there's no, there's no amount of money that's bringing it back. That thing is done. I once, I once almost like I was walking my dog, you know, and he had he had done his business on right next to the sidewalk in the yeah. grass, and I almost dropped my phone in his pile right after he was done. Oh, and it just it just missed. It just missed. And I'm telling you, had I had to pick up that phone. Like I'm, I'm just chopping off my hand like yeah. that. Like that's just, it's just over. It's just, it's, no, there's no coming back from that. I feel yeah. like you got to pick it up, no. clean it off, no. and move on with life. No. I mean, it's See, not like you're going to put it in your mouth. We've reached a category here of unnecessary bathroom risks. Right. I think this week, I think we've talked about. Uh, <laughs> and We're quickly becoming the Mackie and Judd with Rami show, talking about bathrooms. It's bathroom etiquette. Yeah. It's bathroom etiquette. Well, uh, there's a gentleman in the crowd today who happens to be a good friend of mine. Uh-huh. Who was wandering around uh, going to Target Field? He told me a story one time. Speaking of unnecessary bathroom risks, mm-hmm. you guys ever you guys have dabbled in asparagus before? Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> how about asparagus. like you eat asparagus yeah. and it tends to have a certain yeah. potency, yeah. certain <laughs> odor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, my friend was 
couple drinks in, maybe eight or nine drinks in, not sure. Felt a little bit chattier in the bathroom than maybe he should have. This is what I'm telling you about, yes. And, uh, and he, you know, he, he goes up to his station and next to another gentleman at his station, and they both start at the same time. Yeah. And my friend goes, after a few seconds, huh, leans over and says, asparagus, huh? Oh, oh no. The guy goes, I'm sorry? And he goes, asparagus? <laughs> and the guy said, no. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, that's... So either... either that's so unacceptable. Either, yes. either guy B <laughs> didn't know about the link between asparagus and the potent smell, or there are other problems brewing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I might, now, now, I might become, after a few drinks, more chatty, but that's going to a whole nother... Yep. Level of assumption, aggressive chatting. I'm talking about, about like carrying on a conversation of, "Hey, what's going on?" Blah blah blah. But that is incredibly aggressive. Uh, we are in the middle of the quickest Major League Baseball game of all time, Ever. apparently. Yeah. Here. In fact, the first pitch was only about 50 minutes ago. It's 4:08 on my clock. Or yeah, 50, they, yeah. they, they threw the first pitch at 3:17. We're in the fifth inning right now. I know. At Target Field. If this is how the season's going, I'm hooked. You're in. You're I'm in. in. You're good yeah, it's, with this. it's soccer. Yeah. If it's this, if Burrios, it's this pace it's like all soccer. season long, I'm hooked. Well, if this is me. the pace, Rob Manfred doesn't need to ruin the game. <laughs> so we have that going <laughs> for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't need to be uh, having uh, pitchers on conveyor belts just coming out. <laughs> it's barely enough time for anybody to have a bet between pitches. You're right. Um, right now, if you're listening live to us and uh, not the Twins, thank you for one. Appreciate it. But uh, although we did tell people, I told people on Twitter, if you want to, you know, if you want to put the game on low volume and listen to us uh, banter about for a couple hours, that'd be awesome too. But Jose Barrios and Corey Kluber have combined to give up one hit, I believe, in this game. The Twins are still hitless. The Indians did have a double down the right field line, but no score. Top of the fifth, one out right now. And can I say, so Barrios, was it uh, Leonis Martin was the leadoff batter for Cleveland today, right? Did anyone bring yep. it? Yep. Leonis Martin? Yep. He it was a deep leadoff. fly ball. Byron Buxton caught it against the wall and did not give himself a concussion. So that's a good start that's to the good. season there. Because he's stronger. <laughs> he's 20 pounds stronger. He just took padding. the wall out. Yeah. He just took the wall, the right wall out. Yeah. Um, and Barrios is throwing. He's always had three really good pitches, and he's always had a really good changeup. He was throwing something 83, 84 miles an hour. I'm assuming it was a changeup. That was breaking away from batters like a screwball. Yeah. It was like a Bugs Bunny pitch he was throwing, and, and Leonis Martin had no chance. So I don't know if, if he's all of a sudden throwing a Bugs Bunny changeup screwball thing. It has the, look mo- out. It has the motion of a, a two seam fastball, but it's off speed. It's like yeah. you said, somewhere in the low to mid 80s. But it, whatever it is, it's nasty. And he and Kluber have just been locked in today. His yeah. curveball is absolutely fantastic, yeah. too. Yeah, it's uh, it's very difficult to hit, and these guys, there's so many check swings. These guys have no idea what's coming out of his hand. So this is, regardless of whether they win or lose, I think it's a good sign that Barrios is uh, doing what he should against a depleted Indians line. Cleveland does have guys though who I have no idea who they are. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I've got the this score. I've got the scorecard right here. Well, Fo- it helps that two of the best players in baseball aren't playing today. Sure, right? sure, Lindor and sure, Lindor. yeah. But full full disclosure: Who is Jake Bowers, who's playing left field for Cleveland? Brad Miller is batting eighth. He's their second baseman. And then their shortstop is Eric Stamets, 
because Francisco Lindor is right. It reads Brad it, it, Miller, a forward for the Kings back in the 2000s? Yes, <laughs> he was. Yes, oh, there's was. another strike out there. It, it reads like one of those uh, baseball video games from the 90s that didn't get the rights to the player names. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Eric Stamets. Yeah, that's a good name. <laughs> yeah, that guy. You're and, right. And Derek and I have kind of been going back and forth about what we think the Indians are this year because I just don't see whatever what the people with the generous projections for the Indians are seeing in that squad, and I was sitting next to Derek in the press box for first pitch before we came back here to Kieran's Irish Pub, and I looked at him as first pitch was happening, and I said, I refuse to believe that any team where Leonis Martin is the first batter of the first game of your season is a 92 or 93 win ball club. That's just not, and I know that's a simplistic way of looking at it, and I don't entirely mean it, but that says something about that lineup, that Leonis Martin, a guy who throughout his career has been a defensive replacement speed-off-the-bench guy. That's That's been Leonis Martinez's career. He almost died last year, and I'm not kidding. And he's their starting center fielder slash leadoff man? That's not a 92 or 93-win team. It's just not. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was definitely definitely in the minor leagues a year and a half ago as yeah. a 29-year-old. Detroit, right? right? Yeah. Um, well, but I don't think the, but the Indians wouldn't tell you, yep, going to win 90 games. First of all, no one's putting the Indians in... The Red Sox, Astros, Yankees category in the American League. Well, people it, picking the Indians are picking them not to be World Series contenders, but picking them to win a weak division. Um, yeah, but I think it goes a little bit beyond that. I don't put much stock in power rankings. They put them out so that we'll debate them. But yesterday, ESPN's power rankings, uh, first power rankings for Major League Baseball, they had, of course, the Red Sox one. Astros were two. And then it was, uh, let me see as I scroll down, Yankees three. So far, it's making sense. These are all juggernauts and teams that have made deep playoff runs or won World Series in the last few years. Dodgers are four. Okay. Uh, Brewers are five. They won the division last year. We're a game away from a World Series appearance. Cubs, six. That's a team with a $200 million payroll that just won a World Series a, a, a couple of years ago. And then the Indians are seven. Starting pitching. Right behind those, That's what it is. Right behind starting, those six powerhouses. starting pitching, though. You have the Indians, who won nine, 90 games last year and got worse in the offseason. So I, I agree the Indians aren't a true contender until it, that lineup looks a lot better when Lindor and Jose Ramirez are in it. Sure. And you're not going to get like, like Brad Miller is probably not in the lineup if, if those other two guys are in it. And this, who is the guy batting ninth again? This Stam, Eric Stam's not going to work here Jose anymore. Jose is playing today. Third okay. base. But Lindor what, was hurt in spring training. And, and then I think he got, he did something else to himself two nights ago. So not, now he might be out yeah. for a more extended period of time. But their starting pitching is exactly why people are picking That's the thing. So, so Carlos Carrasco, no one talks about Carlos Carrasco. He's one of the ten best starting pitchers in the American League, and no one talks about him. Right. They, so they've got three of the, of the ten best starting pitchers in the American League. And I think when people are making power rankings, I know Fangraphs has the Indians as one of their nine or ten best teams. I think they're saying just on the surface, when the Indians go into at least three of the five games on any horizon, they're going to be favored. And and they might even be favored in one of the other two games because they have Clevenger too, right? I mean, Clevenger's a really no, good pitcher. Deep and starting pitching. So right. when other teams are running out openers and patchwork starters, the, the Indians are running out Mike Clevenger as a number four starter this year. And that's it's, it reminds me a lot of the New York Mets when they went to the World Series against the Royals in 2013, and they lost. But they had... 
DeGrom and Syndergaard, and they just had this absurd starting rotation. But then again, they didn't have the lineup. You know, they got to the World Series, but when it came down to actually scoring four runs off of Royals pitching in bullpen, they weren't able to do that. Right, and that's, that's what I see with this Indians team. I don't know how they put up enough runs to win the number of games that people are, are projecting for them. And on top of that, if you, can, if you can get past that starter and you're still in the game, that bullpen's a bullpen that you can get to. This isn't the Indians' bullpen of the last few years with Andrew Miller and all those other arms coming, coming out of there one after the other. I mean, they sort of, in, in some sense, started the bullpenning trend with Andrew Miller and some of those arms that they had a few years ago. But due to injuries and guys leaving just from in, in free agency and whatnot, their bullpen has taken some major hits and is completely depleted from what it's been the last few years. So they can't really score runs, I don't think, with the best of teams. And they can't keep teams from scoring runs once you get past the starter. I just... I'm not gonna. I'm not here to discount the Indians altogether. They're 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 the team to beat in the AL Central. I just I can't see some of these projections for the Indians that some people have out there. When you're looking at a team that won 90 games last year, got worse, and the rest of the division around them, at least the Twins and the White Sox, have gotten a little bit better. Yeah. I don't see where there are more wins for the Indians in that in that equation. Which again is simple math and a simplistic way of looking at it, but. I just don't see how they improve on last year after getting worse in the offseason and the rest of the division got better. So at what point are we on no-hitter watch? Because we are about to it's, five, it's five inning uh, in the fifth inning, we're, two outs. We're about to go 15 up, 15 down if, if Gonzalez gets out here. It's a perfect game so yeah, far. For so it's, seven pitches. it's not just a no-no. It's a perfect game at this point. Yeah, so he's about to be – So he, that was his 38th pitch, Corey yeah. Kluber. Yeah. And uh, we're about to be through the fifth inning. So that's why Cleveland, heavy favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heavy See, favorite in everything you just said, and Corey Kluber hasn't allowed a base yeah, runner. No, yeah, he's, he's showing me how that. they're going to do it. That's, uh, that's every, what he's doing right now. Every yeah. game. Um, so speaking of, so you're, you're bullish on the Twins. I'm bullish on the Twins. Yes, sir. Before the show here, Judd's a little more middle of the road, which is, oh, perfect there it game is. is All right, perfect game is gone. There's a walk. He just walked Marwin Gonzalez. Marwin Gonzalez is on base. So, uh, so there will be no perfect game. Good way to jinx it, guys. I'm okay with that. I, yeah. That is the stupidest thing ever, too. When 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 Scott Baker had that no-hitter going, was that 10 years ago now, against the Royals at the Dome? No, 15 years ago at the Dome. And Dick and Burt, God bless them, talked about it, and fans got mad. You jinxed it. You said the word, no-hitter. Yeah. And fans were upset. And this is, I completely sided with Bramer and Burt on this. What the hell are you talking about? You're if you say no hitter, that's yeah. exactly right. That's your job. What? Yeah. I can't say it, but I'm supposed to be a professional. That's the dumbest thing ever. When I was in uh, in Milwaukee, I was working. Uh, I was producing our Brewers post game show, and I think it was Dave Bush, the Brewers pitcher. Oh and- man, that that dude, that dude's career ended on a Twins mound. He gave up like nine runs and didn't get anybody out, <laughs> and that was it. And like the, he was never to be seen like, again. Yeah, it was. Dude. <laughs> but yep, pop fly left field. Caught. Warning trap. Um, that was a well hit ball run. So Dave Bush had a no hitter blown, and Brian Anderson, the Brewers play by play guy, had mentioned it, and people were losing their minds yep. that he jinxed it. It was his fault. Blah blah blah. So I happened to have a little bit of a relationship with Brian Anderson. I had his phone number. Pick up the phone. I call him and I say. Hey, man, I have no problem with you mentioning the no-hitter, but people are killing you. They think you jinxed it. Do you want to come on the air and defend yourself? And he said, well, I don't have time to go on the air and defend myself. We're about to get on a plane. But just tell anybody who has a problem with it that Vin Scully mentions a no-hitter when there is a no-hitter going. And if it's good enough for Vin Scully, 
damn it, it's good enough for me. <laughs> I like it. Yes, yeah. love it. Uh, Judd, you brought up Dick Bramer. Did I tell you that Dick and I, uh, Dick and I spoke and shook hands today for the first time since you blocked me on Twitter? Are you unblocked on Twitter? I don't know. I didn't ask him. But <laughs> he probably that forgot. To, great. He probably we, forgot he blocked. I was you. showing Rami around the the stadium and the press box. He, Rami's first time in the press box today, and yep. uh, and so we went up just to get a couple, I don't know, a couple waters, and uh, and first guy I run into is Mr. Bramer, and he looks at me with kind of a knowing look, like he looked at me as if. Yeah, I blocked your ass on Twitter two years ago, but I'm the bigger <laughs> man here. And so yeah. he, he's, he wished me a happy opening day, and I shook his hand, wished him a happy opening day, and hopefully that uh, leads to a good Twitter relationship. I want to see if you're forward. blocked, though. Find out. I'll you check. know what? I'll check. Just go Phil find out. deserves to be blocked, because do you know what he told me was his go-to food item? Actually, you at, know, at, at uh, it's funny. we got to get to a break here. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> what? Well, what it looks is, like what? we're out of time. We'll come back after the break with that. What is it? I'll tell you after the break. It's an utter embarrassment. <laughs> An utter embarrassment to the sport of baseball and any self-respecting man who I think goes I know, to a I baseball think I know game. Now. Okay, I think I got it. And all kinds of Twins optimism around not just not just me and Rami, but all over the baseball media sphere. So we'll do that as well when we come back to Kieran's. It's Mackie and Jub with Rami live here, keeping an eye on the Twins game across the street. Let's talk about Federated Insurance here for a moment. Federated Insurance reminding people to drive safe out there. Especially today. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of people who've been enjoying a few beverages throughout the course of a day. So make sure that uh, you speak up if you see somebody with keys that probably shouldn't. Also worth noting, distracted driving is not only at an all-time high because of the number of things that can distract us while we're in cars, but uh, it's at an all-time high because of phones. I mean, 3,450 people died in distracted driving accidents just a couple years ago in the United States, 391,000 were injured in accidents involving distracted drivers in 2015. So while phones are the most talked about distraction on the road, there's plenty of other objects that break our concentration behind the wheel. Radio, food, drinks, passengers, all vying for our attention. Pay attention. Keep yourself and others safe while you're on the road. And if your attention's where it needs to be, you're doing your part to help everyone make it home safe today. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami live from Kieran. And he swings, sends a high fly ball deep to right. That one is gone! Home run number 30 for C.J. Crone. Take a quick look at traffic here out in the Twin Cities right now. Crash 94 eastbound over in St. Paul between Creighton Avenue and Vendelia Street. So take a be careful of that. Otherwise, everything else seems to be running smoothly out on the roads right now, boys. And that C.J. Crone bomb that you heard off the top there hasn't happened yet. today yet because the Twins don't have a dang hit yet. They did draw a walk. But this is this game's only been going on for a smidge over an hour, and we're already through six innings. This is perfect baseball. <laughs> this is perfect baseball. This is what I want. Just snappy, hour right, and a half. Because it's great pitching. It's, it's fantastic to watch. I have no problem with a lack of offense if the pitching is fantastic. Okay, but and today, both guys are great. Zero, zero games, even if sped up and getting people you know along in two hours, aren't going to save baseball either, no. I don't think. Oh, no. No, but zero, zero games come in different 
shapes, right. sizes, and forms. Sure. There are more entertaining zero zero games and less entertaining zero zero games. I want bombs. At least for the the educated baseball fan. I know what you're saying. saying you're gonna, I like where you're coming no, from, no. Rami. I like where you're coming. No, that's fine. Stick with no, it. No, if he's talking about What do you mean by that? What he's talking about is the casual fan and making sure that they're interested and in, and enjoying the game. And the casual fan probably doesn't see the things that I see that entertain me in a zero-zero I, like, zero I love where you're going with this. You just you just congratulated yourself for knowing more than the casual fan. No, you ripped no, Phil. no, 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 not even the casual fan, the fringe fan, the, pers- the person who's not even really a baseball fan right now, just like Phil, the person who's not even really a baseball fan because Phil so like Rob Manfred. went to Target Field today oh, here we go. with me. Here we go. And I stand by this. We I walk- think I know what this is, we're by We're walking the way. around looking at the different food offerings that they have out there on the concourse. Okay. And he points at a food stand, and he goes, that food stand right there, that's, uh, that's one of my go-tos. It might be my favorite thing in all of Target Field. By I want to press- see if Judd can guess By it. the press box? Uh, it's kind of close to the press box, right? Oh, yeah. I, I know exactly yeah. what this is. A long-time Mackie staple. Uh-huh. The wrap, the, the like ve- veggie wrap. Veggie wrap. Yeah. Come on, it's amazing. A veggie wrap. It's not the even like. What's wrong with it's you? It's not even a decent wrap with like actual meat in it. I like a admit. man would eat at a baseball game. <laughs> it's a veggie. This man wanted to go to no. a, a ballpark and eat a veggie. There's wrap. a lot of things that Phil does of, of which I don't approve. I've never included that one. It doesn't bother me. Oh, thank you. Well, <laughs> it's pretty good. It has balsamic vinaigrette. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I I love wraps. So, do you put ketchup on that veggie wrap? You've seen me put ketchup on wraps, okay? <laughs> like, why do you ask? We've been out to dinner before in Florida. You became very offended when I dipped, when I, I actually put the ketchup on the side of the plate and then dipped the wrap in the ketchup. Just dipped a, chick, a, chick, a chicken Caesar wrap. In hey, you ketchup. took the job. What is wrong? No with one forced you people? take this job. <laughs> I don't have a problem and with I, putting ketchup on things, but I that is a little weird. I don't have a problem with the guy eating healthy and trying to take care of himself in almost any situation, any case. A veggie wrap is perfectly fine and acceptable. But not at a ballpark. You're not at a ballpark to watch your weight. You're not at a ballpark to maintain your girlish figure. Enjoy some ballpark food. Here's the thing. As I told Rami when he delivered this same rant to my face. I was literally offended by the notion that he'd go to Target Field and get a veggie wrap. Here's the reality. I have no defense. I don't disagree (laughs) with anything Rami is saying. I take the L in full, and I love the veggie wrap still. Treat yourself. It's, an, it's outstanding. You're at, the, you're at a but, ball game. Treat but, yourself. But the whole, the whole point of the ballpark experience now is, is to offer a wide variety of foods, I feel. Yes. So if you want, it's not like the old days where there's a hot dog, a bratwurst, and a burger, and popcorn, no, but, and that's it. So why? So like to me, it's about if you want to go and get fat and, and have a coronary, that's up to you. Or perhaps you want the wrap. It should be an indulgence at a ball game. It shouldn't be something well, you're eating. Then to... drink 12 beers and get royally drunk <laughs> and eat and a wrap and feel better about wrap. yourself. That's all I'm saying. I'm all about the ballpark offerings and going beyond just your basic hot dog or sausage or nachos or Can beer. I ask you guys a question I'm here? Totally oh, 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 that. oh, that's our first oh. hit, and it's a rope off the wall. Off the Byron wall. Buxton oh, that's a triple. is going to have a triple on a liner to left oh, no, field. They, they held him No, he there. stopped it, too. Oh, yeah. man. The first hit of the day for the Twins, bottom of the sixth inning, is an absolute laser by Byron Buxton off the wall. Batting ninth, too. It's happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. Batting ninth, where he will remain all season long because it's going to work. I hope not. (laughs) Uh, Rami, this was also, 
So you've been taking in your first target field in Twins opening day. Yeah. You got to watch at least a half inning up there, and then we came across the street back to Kieran's to do the show here. But your general impressions, you're a Chicago guy. You worked in Milwaukee for a long time, and, uh, and you've been to the Twin Cities here for a few months. Now, what was your first experience of opening day in the Twin Cities? As much as I enjoyed tailgating at, in Miller Park and in Milwaukee in my time living and working there, the baseball experience and baseball environment that I grew up with and had grown used to was closer to this, being, being a Cubs fan and the ballpark being right in the middle of the city and the electricity, the buzz that's happening in the streets as uh, people are making their way to and from the game and coming to places like Kieran's Irish Pub where we have been all day and will be until 6 o'clock. It's, it's, it's a very different setting than what I've experienced for the last 13 years. And, again, I enjoyed Miller Park and the tailgating experience, but this is how I feel baseball should feel on yeah. opening day. There's a certain buzz and electricity of people walking around a city, a stadium in the middle of a city, and and getting ready for the beginning of a baseball season. It's See, it's very different. Man, okay, so Max, Ke- <laughs> just to, I have a comment off what Ron just said. But go ahead. So Max Kepler just flew out to the warning track in left field. Byron Buxton tagged from second to third on a fly ball to left. To left. <laughs> yeah. But this is so what we're seeing right here. So for people, kind of bearish on the twins and you're just i don't know you know the twins this and not sure if i'm buying in the twins if byron buxton is doing things like this all season mm-hmm. this 100 percent is a playoff team hitting lasers off Corey kluber tagging from second to third on fly balls to left field right, right. i mean like there's five guys in baseball that can do the things speed wise that he can do maybe do you think there's one of them billy hamilton is a fourth outfielder right so, I don't know. There's five. There might I, not be. I, I like aggressiveness, and it worked, but with two outs, I don't know that you need to tag up from second to third. Either way, you need a base hit, and as fast as Byron Buxton is, a base hit is going to score you from second base. So I don't know how necessary it was, but I like the aggressiveness, and I like him putting well, that speed to good use. If it was one out, it puts – here's what it does, though. All right, let's go inner ball here for a second. Let's, let's geek out. All right. Here's what it does. and it's With Corey Kluber, it's a little tougher because he's just incredible and he's pinpoint, but – with a guy that fast on third base, it makes you think twice about spiking a breaking ball. So, sure. so could it? Could he hang one to Jorge Polanco that he's thinking about? Man, if I spike this and it, and the and the catcher has it go five feet away from him, Byron Buxton's halfway down the line and scores. I think that's why sometimes you see that with Buxton that he just the fact that a ball in the dirt getting ten feet away from the catcher is a run with him on third base. Right. Makes no, pitchers makes think twice about throwing off-speed stuff. That makes sense. And to watch him run, too, the man runs like a deer. It's, it, is, it is off the charts. But the thing with Buxton is if Buxton has a quality year, it doesn't just change this team. It changes the dynamic of the franchise entirely. Absolutely. If Sano does, too, then it really changes. But Byron Buxton is, if this guy can hit, let's say he hits 275, okay? It's 275, 20 home runs, and, and he is a gold glove outfielder. It changes the dynamic of where this team is at, not just for 2019, but it speeds up this entire process because this, this team then can become a playoff team, and we are talking about a team now that's going to get pieces like Lewis and Kirilov into it but isn't reliant as much upon them to come up. So the, the Byron buxton um issue and dynamic is of a huge importance because Byron Buxton playing like Byron Buxton can 
puts you puts you instantly in a place where you're very comfortable. Full count right now. I got two a, outs. The I got drama a, is quest, building. I got a question for you guys. Uh, do you guys find it interesting that that not only is Molitor at today's game, but if you've got the uh, sound down on TV and are watching the game, you can see him in the first row behind home plate. Well, that's that. And, and for people who didn't hear Dave St. Peter on with us earlier in the day on Touch Em All, we will run that back here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami in hour number two. And Rami asked him that, that exact question, and his answer that's before was, we knew he was going to be. Well, and, and if I'm Paul, I start a Twitter account today and start second-guessing everything. <laughs> <laughs> you really think Baldelli should have made that move right there? I, I'm not so sure. Uh, Polanco just popped out to end the threat, so no score going into the seventh inning here. Kluber and Barrios toe-to-toe, and one major positive, too, for the Twins, the fact that they have a guy that they can send out. Now, the Indians have three of these guys, but they can send a guy out who can go toe-to-toe and punch-for-punch punch with a Corey Kluber now. Sure. Jose Barrios. Yeah. And that's a good segue into our next segment, Twins Optimism around the country. There are prominent publications and prominent people saying very positive things about the Twins. Let's go through some of those things and see to what degree we agree. When we come back, live at Kieran's, downtown Minneapolis, across the street from Target Field. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. And it's pothole season. Luther Brooks, Mackie and Judd with Rami, live from Kieran's Irish Pub for Twins opening day. We've been out here all day long, including two hours of uh, straight Twins talk and touch them all today. Hour number one, me, Manny, and Derek Wetmore talk some Twins. And hour number two was a uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami edition of Touch Em All to get you ready for opening day in the upcoming twin season. You can find all our twins programming, including the new Glenn Perkins show. Just search Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts or just go ahead and grab that Score North app. We're also available on Spotify. And as the season starts, hope usually springs eternal, and I've been very optimistic myself about this twins team, Phil. You have also been quite optimistic about this twins team, but this isn't this isn't homerism by any stretch, I wouldn't say, because there are people who are much more well-respected and I would even say smarter than us in the baseball <laughs> world who also are setting their expectations pretty high for the Minnesota Twins. Yes, and I'm just going to go through some of these, throw them out at you guys, one by one. I, I've got about six or uh, five or six different just kind of going around the country. I heard a couple of these on radio and TV in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. What people around the country in media think of the Twins this season. All right? I'll go one by one, and you guys chime in as you, as you see fit. So Al Leiter was on Golik and Wingo this morning. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, does, is Al Leiter, I think he's just MLB Network. I don't know if he's... No, he quit, and he went, went to work for the Mets. Oh, he's working for the Mets? Yeah, they, they hired him out of TV right. to, yeah. to work in the front office like oh. a month ago. Okay. But he's really good. And he's always been great on Golik and Wingo. He's, I think him and Golik have a relationship that goes back. And so he was asked. This oh, he is on MLB Network. I just checked his Twitter bio. Oh, is he still? Okay. Yep. Or maybe he didn't change it. That's possible, too. Who knows? Either way, Al Leiter was, uh, was on with those guys. That was this morning, I believe. And he was asked which team in baseball that no one's really talking about is most likely to make some noise. And he said instantly the Minnesota Twins. He thinks the Minnesota Twins are this year's Oakland A's, a team that no one's talking about. And then that team won, I think, it was it 97 games or something? or something? Yeah. That's 
positivity, and I, I, I would think, say. I think in, in a way they're following that same model in some sense that the A's did, which was get a bunch of guys who might not be household names, but they mash, and, and everything is focused on launch angle and exit velocity, and we're not even going to pretend to play small ball. Yeah. We're going to try and put balls over the wall as much as we possibly can. I heard this secondhand through somebody who was watching MLB Network last night that said they had a roundtable, and they were going through MVP picks and Cy Young Awards, etc. And two guys on the MLB Network roundtable panel picked Jose Barrios to win the American League Cy Young Award. Well, and if it's very possible, if today is any team. indication of how he's yeah. going to pitch this season, that's not very far-fetched. There's a lot of big names in the American League, like Corey Kluber. Yeah. And, you know, the Chris Sale is going to have something to say, I think, about the American yeah, he League might, Cy Young Award. He might be all right. And, yeah. and didn't, uh, didn't uh, somebody on MLB Network also pick the Twins to win the Central? I thought we talked about that a couple days ago as well. But I, th- I think this comes back to, to the fact that, to what you guys are saying, they've got a lineup that can clearly hit home runs and should be effective. And, and the division's just not that good. So, like, if, if the Twins were in a good division, I think you would say that you, that you could foresee them as a, a ball club trending upward, but it's going to take a, a year or two, and you've got to wait and see on Buxton and Sano. But when you look at this division right now, you know, who scares you? Cleveland, does, Cleveland pitching-wise, I think, is good, but they certainly don't scare you. Well, maybe The White Sox might in a year or two, but they don't right now, and Detroit is in the midst of a uh, rebuild in Kansas City as well. Well, maybe the Twins should scare you because as I move down the list of positivity across the country, Baseball America, Joe Sheehan wrote this for Baseball America, quote, this year the team to watch is the Twins. Think of the 2015 Royals who won the World Series in the only year in which their young core was all good at the same time. Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, Alex Gordon, and other, some other pitchers. Great young talent, staying healthy and playing well is a powerful thing. Buxton, Polanco, and Sano, combined with Jose Barrios and Max Kepler, could form a championship-caliber core. All right, core. I'm going to slow you down right there slow on, me down. on baseball. Hey, Joe, I'm, Joe, I'm just reading the prompter. Joe, Joe Sherry, Sheehan, whatever. She I'm just reading wow. the prompter. Okay, I'm going to slow it down a little bit on that one because when you compare, when you bring up the Royals, the Royals had one thing that at that time on our old show, Phil, we talked about constantly. Ned Yost. And that was that, yeah. <laughs> well, they did have Ned did Yost. Did you see him in a Verizon commercial? Yes. Talking what? about Because he, he, a few years Ned ago, Yost? I don't know if you heard this story, <laughs> fell out of a deer oh, stand. Yeah. Darn died, yeah. Broke his hip. Oh, okay. And yeah. so the commercial was, you know, the signal's so strong, oh, I was okay. able to call my wife from the middle of the woods with a broken <laughs> hip after I fell out of a tree stand. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, what else do they have besides Ned Yost? So the one thing well, that that can't ball club I had was that complete lights out bullpen right that bullpen that that was at the time one of the first bullpens that was set up basically to go closer 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 right right so so the one thing about the twins that I have to see way more of the bullpen but it wasn't to, to, to go back to that Royals team it they made the trade for Andrew Miller right Andrew Miller was in that bullpen and am I right on that was or who am I thinking no. of uh, who's the other? not Andrew Miller Holland um, was in that bullpen right Wade Davis Wade, Wade Davis, Davis yeah. Wade Davis yeah so Wade Davis came over in the uh, the James Shields trade right and yes. um, and and so I guess my point is they did bring in someone from the outside in a trade but he was a failed starter from Tampa when he came over and and they sort of made something of him. But the other guys in that bullpen, I believe, were homegrown. Like Kelvin Herrera, 
Uh, they, they had guys that, that kind of came up, and if you would have asked anyone a year or two before that, is this a bullpen that's going to revolutionize baseball and win the World saying. Series? And so, I mean, not to say that I just the Twins know. have that for sure brewing, right. too. So, yeah, it, it, yes, it does make a difference that the Royals had the best bullpen in baseball. All right, here's some more. This is from a fantasy guy, Eric Carabell from ESPN.com. Quote, the Indians are vulnerable, and whenever anybody simply assumes a team has a division locked, I take a look. What if if Corey Kluber falls apart? The Twins will score more runs, and the pitching is, well, okay. So he's saying the Twins have a better lineup, and if their pitching is okay, and the Indians, you know, if Kluber goes down for a while or something, then so... Kind of a lukewarm assessment. But then there's this one from MLB.com, uh, a writer named Michael Clare. Even if Cleveland doesn't decline very far, a slight step backward could open the door to a challenger. With an emerging ace in Jose Barrios, the Twins just need a little luck and a lot of Buxton to become that challenger. I'm choosing to believe that it will happen because if Buxton has his once-in-a-generation talent, uh, if I'm sorry, if Buxton and his once-in-a-generation talent can't pull it all together, what hope is there for the rest of us? So he's saying... If Buxton unlocks it and he thinks he will, the Twins are going to win the division. So, I mean, there's just a lot of... And that's the Twins are like the sleeper team. But that's completely team. fair. That's mm-hmm. accurate. If, if Byron Buxton finds it, it changes this whole thing completely. Right. Like, it goes from being frustration and why can't you get the most from this kid. If Byron Buxton unlocks it, he doesn't become a good player. He becomes a great player. He becomes one of the best players in baseball. So it's that big of gap. Because... and. Keep in mind, we've been saying now for how long? Three years? That, my God, if he could hit 250, he's so good defensively. But if this guy puts it together, and as I said before, hits 20 home runs, I'm not even asking for a ton of power. Right. That that changes everything. And now we're talking about not, not just a good player. We're talking about an MVP candidate in the American League. Absolutely. And I, I think but then that. You're, but, but then what you've been saying can come true. And I think he and Snow are absolutely the the most pivotal parts in not just this season for the Twins, but the the next five to six years for the Twins. Because if Buxton and or Sano, at least one of them has to, obviously, but if Buxton and or Sano, and if both of them do it, watch out, can reach their potential this year, then I think that the Twins open their window to compete this year. It starts now, and it goes for the next five or six years, probably with some of the prospects that are that are on the horizon. If Buxton and Sano, if both of them don't reach that potential, and I think for both of them it's sort of that make-or-break, boom-or-bust year for them, then the Twins probably pull the plug on this on this current window to compete and start looking to two or three years from now and start trading off pieces from this team and adding more assets and more minor league players to what they have in Lewis and Kirloff and some of the other guys that are down in the minors right now. I just did a little digging on the 2000. It was the 2000. The 13 Royals were sort of the pop-up. Oh, they're good for the first time in a long time. The 14 Royals went and lost the Giants in the World Series. And then I, was it the next year they went and they Mets, won right? the World Series against the Mets? Yeah, I think so. And the three, this is absurd. The 2014 team, their three best relievers, Wade Davis, Greg Holland, and Kelvin Herrera, had ERAs of 1, one four one, and one four four, And they combined, Jeez. let's see, they had 71 games, 70 games, and 65. So they had 200 innings between the three of those guys. So basically, 
the three combined were a starting pitcher with like a 1.2 ERA. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And and worth noting, Wade Davis was a failed starter with Tampa and was a failed starter the year before with Kansas City. He made 24 starts and had a 5 ERA for Kansas City the year before. And they said, all right, you got two pitches. You throw gas. We'll throw you in the in the bullpen and see what happens. And he was lights out. Twins are doing that with a couple of their guys. Trevor May is now a reliever, and Fernando Romero is going to be a reliever, and they're, and they're testing out some of these starters as relievers with two pitches. But the other two guys, Greg Holland was a 10th-round draft pick a few years earlier. Mm-hmm. So like, wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, sure. this first-round talent. He was a 10th-round pick, and he had a couple pitches. And then Kelvin Herrera was a teenager signed out of the Dominican Republic and worked his way up through the system. So I look at it and say... It, you know, their formula was find some flamethrowers who throw two nasty pitches and, uh, or, and, and grab a third one from somewhere, and boom, you're ready to rock and roll if your young core lineup comes together. Yeah, they it's unlock, kind of a similar formula. They unlocked those guys. They tapped into something that yeah. other teams obviously didn't see when you're drafting a guy in the 10th in the round. But he was literally passed over 300 times plus before he, before he fell into your lap. So yeah. they saw something and, and tapped into it, unlocked it, that other teams around baseball obviously didn't. And I think that that's a lot of what the Twins are trying to do with guys like Martin Perez, guys like Fernando Romero, and and guys who either had expectations and fell short of them, and and baseball is just about giving up on those guys, or just guys who nobody has really even known or had any expectations for that they feel like they see something in, they can tap into it, they can unlock it. That's what all this analytics and biomechanics and bringing in Rocco Baldelli and Wes Johnson – to be the pitching coach that's what it's all about is getting getting the most out of the guys that you have here because you're not going to go out and spend billions of dollars in free agency in the offseason and and you're not gonna you're not gonna do it entirely through the draft and guys who are highly touted you need to find some diamonds in the rough and tap into something with some guys that other teams can't or just haven't all right there's a there's a rally happening here against Corey kluber there's still there's no score and it's bottom of the seventh inning. Runners on first and second for the Twins. And Marwin Gonzalez up at the plate. In fact, we just had a mound visit. Make sure we're counting those, okay? If Cleveland goes over their allotted amount, I want to make sure someone gets yeah, it's, it's slapped tw- on the back 12, of the hand. Right? Because every millennial than... turned off their TV yeah. when he went out to visit the mound. You can't make more than 12 or, or 13 now. <laughs> so Crone at first and Cruz, who uh, single to the left, at second base. Yeah. So, so Cruz, uh, Cruz and, and, and Buxton with the first two It hits. was only a matter of time before Kluber tired. He's not that good. I told you guys the whole time. I mean, he's like he's like 32 now, right? No, yeah, he's he's about to fall off the cliff. He's at some over point. the. He's over the. This hill. might be it right here. Oh, it's a game of cat and mouse, and Jonathan, he's done now because Gonzalez just stepped out. So now the sports become too slow. Yeah. So Harrison, yeah. you, Jonathan out. Harrison's out. See ya, gone. I'm out. He's Bye, just, guys. If there's not just constant action, he's yeah. trying yeah. to find Man U against Man City now. <laughs> so what? <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, so, like, is do you guys buy into? Uh, uh, this might be kind of corny. Uh oh, to... twins might be on the board oh, here. They are going to be on the board. Oh, going to go to the gap, the man. There's at least one run. There you go. And uh, a misplayed ball. It was a line drive single for uh, Marwin Gonzalez. Two rip. One run scored just organically on the single. The ball gets all the way past the center fielder. Is it uh, Tyler Naquin? Yes. And the Twins are up 2-0 on the Indians, which leads into my question. Okay. Is there something to be said in baseball, or does, is, am I, is this just me overblowing a, a point? 
the team that you're chasing in the division and the team that people are picking, if you quote-unquote send a message and whop them upside the head against their three best pitchers and take two out of three or sweep if that were to happen, does that mean anything for you guys? Or is it just it's baseball and it's, it's April and whatever, like we'll see what happens in June and July if they, you know? I think that's only true as far as being meaningful in terms of potential confidence. Yeah. Because it's going to help Young your team. team. It's going to help your team. Uh, does it set a real tone? Probably not. But you know what? I mean, we've seen that this Twins team, what, four years back now, three years back, get off to these brutal starts, mm-hmm. and they're just basically dead. So, so if they win two of three against this starting pitching staff uh, for Cleveland, I think it helps you as far as making you more emboldened from a confidence standpoint. That's about it. For I me. think it matters. I think it matters more this year, and the standings overall matter more this year, this early in the season, than they have in the past because we don't know why the Indians were as complacent as they were in the off season. You can read it as confidence, and they just think they're that much better than the rest of the AL Central, and so they didn't need to add anything and actually could afford Kluber's to lose come, some guys. Kluber's coming apart. He just hit just Jonathan, Jonathan Scope. Scope. The wheels are coming off. There goes his side. <laughs> this is. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna—he's on the trade block right yeah. now after the game. You got to charge the mound there, yeah. and now yeah. they got to. When <laughs> that happens, you got to charge the mound. Send a message. But this goes to what I just said: if you can have the leader be in the game and knock their starter out, it's—it's—it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's, it's in your advantage. It's in your favor more times than not going against this Indians bullpen, which is not what it has been Uh-oh. over the last few years. But like, and now broke, he's got a broken hand. Yeah, this is, oh, that's no. the worst oh, place no. to, to get hit the too. Those those worst. small bones get yep. fractured. That's going to be it. By the way, I've, 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 I haven't seen really much of Jonathan Scope. Pardon me for not watching Orioles games the last five years. <laughs> Put up big numbers two He's years ago. So, and Rami watched him with the Brewers a little bit last year. I think after watching two at-bats, I figured out exactly who he is as a hitter. Slider low and away, right? Slider low and away, and he'll just swing at it. It's basically like he's at the mercy of whether he hits a fastball or a pitcher hangs a breaking yeah, ball. Yeah, that's right? the hole in his swing for okay. sure. Yeah, no well, It's the hole it. in everyone's swing. It's just that... He can't lay off. Yeah. Yeah. He has trouble with that pitch for sure. So, all right, we're hanging out here at Kieran's Irish Pub, downtown Minneapolis, across the street from Target Field, where the Twins now have a 2-0 lead. And a couple runners on against Corey Kluber in the seventh inning. Corey Kluber had a perfect game halfway through it, and now the Twins are roughing him up. When we come back, opening day stories. Can I finish my point real quick? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Oh, sorry. So, we're asking if this matters, if they take two or three from the Indians. And I think it does, and I think the standings matter. No, you can't. No. Because I believe the reason the Indians didn't do Wait anything this offseason and have been letting guys walk is because this is a team that's at a point where they're not sure if they want to sell off and, and start another rebuild or if they think they can continue to contend. And I think that if the Twins get off to a hot start, Indians get off to a slow start, that may push them over the edge to go ahead and sell and, and start over and then the division should be the Twins for the taking at that point if that's a decision that the Indians decide to make. So you can just kind of n- nudge them toward yeah, just early, push them towards the cliff. Except yeah. the Sox will, yeah. will get incredibly hot and come from nowhere to win the thing. See. Hey, these White Sox, the, the white, don't sleep on these White Sox. No, I said today on uh, okay. Touch Them All that I think they could surprise some people. Not that they could contend or make noise in the division, but they could be better than what people are expecting yeah. them to be this year. I do believe that. Is everyone done with their points? No. 
<laughs> I had, I had, for, I had forgotten he was talking. So uh, we, we interrupted him. Well, actually, I think it was the two-run single that interrupted him. Okay. More than fine. Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> What's up, Jonathan? I All just right. didn't want to deprive anybody of that, mm, that gold, that wisdom. All right. He's Rami. He's Judd. We got Jonathan Harrison here. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. And when we come back here, ra- ra- let's give the floor to Rami to tell a great opening day nostalgic story. Which we'll get through Are most of. Are you going to stop me halfway through? <laughs> Which we'll get through most of and then <laughs> just ignore them. Yeah. Cool. Uh, live from Kieran, it's Mackie and Jeff with Robbie.